on what's up y'all welcome back to 1025 in conversation this is our second episode and today i'm bringing on a very special guest the director sabrina ashley tan first off sabrina i just want to say thank you so much for coming on to 1025 in conversation it's awesome to have you here to be real yeah of course i'm so glad you asked me to be on this is my first podcast so it's fun <laughs> this is actually like my first interview too. Together. no way yeah wow a lot of firsts well i'm happy yeah. that we're like holding each other's hand through it let's do it so <laughs> So first off, Sabrina, I want to ask you, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, where you yeah, came from, um, all that. Oh my God. It's it's funny too, that you introduced me as a director because I think I mainly video edit, but it's all, it's all over the place. I think I need to like rewind a little. So my entrance into like creativity and all that stuff, I basically started production style work back in middle school when we were doing like English video projects not, you know, not for a film class, just like you shoot a video of the story you guys are reading for a final. And then that's how I even started getting into editing. And that was when I was 13. And then fast forward in high school, I delved into like theater behind the scenes that, of that. And I realized, oh, I really like this. Like, it's cool because now I know that I like this and that um, there is like a film major you know, it's like merging like me editing and the live component of a production and then realizing that there is a major that encompasses that. So then I ended up, I did get accepted into film school out of um, high school, but I first went to UCLA for economics and it was a long story. And I don't really, I mean, I essentially got to apply at the end of my sophomore year because their film program, they have a two year film program. I got rejected at first, my junior year, then finally got accepted It's a long story. And then that's when I really, really delve in. So it was, it's funny because I graduated as a film major, but most of my film experience has been outside of a intentional educational environment. It was always like passion projects, working on student films. Um, yeah, and then I'm graduated now and have just had a background in like stuff like directing and producing. A lot of it is still editing just because it's easiest when I'm behind, you know, I have the programs for it, could do it more alone, but yeah, there's just so much to it. So that's hopefully a good summation. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you brought up like during your backstory where you were interested in film like in middle school and then you delved into it like in high school and all that because that's eerily similar to my life personally when i was i believe in seventh grade or maybe in eighth grade i can't even remember yeah <laughs> i uh watched this film called akira and it's an anime film and and then i watched another film called old boy and that was the thing that i was like okay i'm gonna do yeah. this this is wow. gonna be it right like the, the the um old boy is it like a japanese oh no am i thinking of the it's a, a sorry to cut you off it's a south korean film south korean oh, okay and Completely, yeah yeah <laughs> Man, no, just, it, here's the thing too i've been recommended these films i just have this long watch list so yeah. i knew it was some kind of like not american cinema <laughs> that's the vague yeah anyway continue but you know, because originally I wanted to be an engineer when I grew up, right? And mainly when it came to that, it was like, okay, how much money was they going to be paying me? A lot. But I wasn't really, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> passionate about it. You know okay. what I'm saying? So when I when I first watched those two films, I was thinking to myself, okay, the light bulb literally went off in my head. I was like, this You're is 13? it. You're 13? You changed no, career paths at 13. <laughs> yeah, I was. Wow. It's crazy because it was like in my household, it was like, okay, you got to think about what you got to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Instantly. Mm. And then when I got into high school, that's when I was like, I want to be a filmmaker. And like my family was like, wait, you want to be a what? And then my family I didn't see, know what to do with it either. Right. <laughs> and then like you just had to prove yourself. You know what I'm saying? You got to prove that this is yeah. what you're going to do. Yeah. Now, when it comes to filmmakers in general, I want to ask you, as far as editing wise, what were certain films or what was the thing that actually inspired you to become this, you know, become a, a, oh an editor, you know, yeah. become a filmmaker? 
it's 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 kind of I mean like we already you have personal experience with like not even expecting it and just being like that I want that and I think it kind of never felt intentional because I just the reason why I even edited for the video projects back in the day was because I was in a group of guys and they're just gonna fuck around you know so I was just like I'll have some control over our grade if I just yeah. edit so I'm just gonna learn it because I'm an overachiever I'm just you know if it's for the A I'm gonna do it and then I realized though that because I grew up socially anxious I found that I could have some kind of control in the make-believe sense even though I don't want to say it's me it's like you know editing is a legitimate that legitimate thing but I started to fall in love I think with production and all that stuff not because of a specific film per se I've always been a dreamer like watching movies anyway to escape it wasn't the defining moment for me to pick it as a career but it was when I realized that oh wow like I can construct my own worlds and it actually helped to be an actual like cathartic getaway like it watching movies is one thing but creating your own worlds is an additional mm -hmm. therapeutic aspect to it that definitely would take up my time but also feel productive so consumption and creation I think was what really attracted me yeah, yeah. that's that's honestly so interesting that you say that because you know when it comes to an artist when it comes to a creative in general their imagination is like a whole other world in itself you know what i'm saying when you create these worlds they they come from you you know what i'm saying your art is a reflection of your reality you know mm -hmm. and i just find that incredible that a lot of filmmakers they they could take some of the darkest moments in their lives and they can make something beautiful out of it exactly yeah it's now, if I, I didn't have suffering i wouldn't have probably been able to make as much i sure. can relate to that mm -hmm. now when i watched your short films your short films have a very unique style to them like for example when i watched your uh collage animations they have mm -hmm. this very it, it kind of reminds me of like andy warhol kind of pop art God, thank you <laughs> Yeah, kind of pop artist. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, she can really, like, these are really good. Think, what? think, yeah, I was wondering how you found me because, not because, I mean, I think I'm all that, right? But then it's like, not the most, it's, you found me through my YouTube. And actually people have found me through those because I think every artist tries to find a creative voice. And I think that is one of the manifestations of my creative voice is not everyone does the collage animation and then in that style um and i like i don't i don't know which one you watch but food baby was actually my yeah. first one the one with the girl going in the mouth that was my first ever like full-on collage animation and it was um in my after effects class i was just like we had to make something and i and and we had a like phenomenal professor I think he still teaches the class at UCLA if it, you know, if it still exists, but um, his name is Bill Barminsky and he is really great at all types of digital media. So when he teaches this class, he encouraged all of us to just like take images online and do whatever you want with them. We can make them move, we can make them whatever. And then that everyone in the class came up with something different. And for me, I think the way I see it, it's everything's a remix. I don't know if you've seen, there's a video on YouTube, everything's a remix. So this felt so perfect for me because beforehand I already made collages on paper. Yeah. Um, and then now I was like, oh, I can put movement because I'm learning After Effects and it's different from just straight up video editing. And I wish, I don't know exactly, cause people would ask like, how do you do this? And I could tell them, oh, this is how you open up After Effects and like here the tutorials. But to create the world, you just, I just, it was aggravating too, because Food Baby is actually, and I'm really open about this, about like me going through bulimia, you know? So it was this thing about like, you're trying to purge what's not you, but you you are what you eat. And it's it was this whole, you know, film student, like a whole metaphor about yeah. what you eat and then also what you consume media wise. But regardless of the themes, you give any creative a theme, they can come up with their own rendition. It can look completely different. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I found like Food Baby, I found each one very unique in their own way. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just like a recycled version of the one idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, it was like, okay, 
I'm going to do this one. Then, okay, how can I make this one different? How can I make this one different? Mm-hmm. And me personally, I tried, I tried After Effects one time and my head almost exploded just, just looking at yeah. it. It was just like, what is, what is this? It's not user-friendly. It's a, it's an absolute monster. You know, you can also put code in there to kind of like, which maybe you as the engineer might, <laughs> I mean, but computer, I, I don't know. There's like, I know there's a lot of nuances, um, but I actually took a really long break after because the two first two, I mean, we had to make it. The pressure was that we had to have it for the midterm. We had to have it for the final. And I could have made something more like low key, but I was like, no, no, no. Because the way I viewed me in film school was like, I'm not just going to make something that's good enough for a class. I want to make something that's good enough just forever for just me. By itself. For yes. Um, and I asked my friend that too. One time I was asked her, why do you overachieve so much? She was like, well, I don't want people to look at this and be like, it's a good student project or a good student film. I just yeah. want them to look at it and say, it's a good piece on its own, regardless of the time. And I pushed myself, but then you're right. After Effects is a beast. And there was like two years of a lull where after that class, I just couldn't even fathom because there was a burnout component. But yeah. I think you inch in when you finally like have more inspiration. So Yeah. Because it's like, even when it comes to these like editing softwares, like, like I remember when I first used Photoshop, I was thinking to myself, "How the hell do these people do this?" Like, I have a funny. The, it's it's where all the tabs were locked and stuff. I'm like, "How do you unlock this stuff?" Like, yeah, it gets when when you because here's the thing: the programs are means to an end. People can use Final Cut, Premiere to edit, or even Avid, which is what filmmakers, feature film, use, and. It's all a means to an end. Did you know that, um, what's that movie? No Country, something like, but I No Country movie, for Old Men? Yes, they use Final Cut to edit that because yeah. it was promote. that was when Final Cut was competitive. Um, This is getting so nuanced into it, but I looked at it, I was like, oh, it really doesn't matter. But the issue is like the learning curve because that can all, that stifles, because creativity is free flowing, but there needs to be pragmatism of like the tools so i understand yeah 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 you just gotta you just gotta learn this stuff you just gotta learn around it because i remember when i bought my first uh camera i have a canon eos rp and i was mm-hmm. thinking to myself okay why is this like out of focus why why is the white balance all crazy you just gotta right. keep on learning it exactly yeah uh when it came to your visual style i did want to ask you were there any filmmakers who kind of influenced that look or was that just free form from your your own head? I I don't want to, it's because then I know I am influenced because you can't help but like put out what you take in. And I have had people be like, oh, that looks like Sofia Coppola's film or that looks like this person's film. I do have like favorite like filmmakers and stuff. Um, I really like like Charlie Kaufman, you know, his stuff. I mean, I think a lot of people just do his quirky aesthetic and like, you know, how there is kind of like no boundaries with time like everything that is a construct in society kind of gets waved and bent and I don't think though that I particularly looked at like his film I think in reality it's more music videos that maybe that inspire me Mm -hmm. um and I don't specifically look at a particular person or particular artist but I do know that because I am an avid consumer of like music videos and then here and there like watching movies when I can sit myself down to watch a movie I end up turning out what I see and then don't realize it until after the fact you know until like, yeah. I'm like oh my god wait that looks like what I was consuming around that time I don't know how I subconsciously did that but I think inspiration isn't just derived from within it also has to be collaborative in some nature even if it's not literal collaborators yeah and i definitely think that you know as filmmaking is a collaborative medium you have to bring in everyone's story together to tell Mm -hmm. this one if that makes sense you know what i'm saying and definitely i definitely think music videos have become some of the most influential pieces of art when it comes to how creators make films nowadays like back in the day when michael jackson released billy jean that was like a that was like a phenomenon you know what i'm saying and then of course thriller that was like culturally that shaped you know the last 30 years of cinema you know and and it's 
it's, it's just really cool that a person's idea can literally just cause a shift, a cultural shift in, you know, the, the skeleton of art. Yeah, these, these, all of this art that we're inspired by, it's also feeding off of like the art from years and years ago too. So it, it's like, you almost forget what the original source is. I was almost what's going to be like the, what, like the chicken and the egg and that kind of stuff. I, I mean, there is, you can probably track, but it ends up being so communal and branches out in so many ways. And then finds itself back again, that I, I just, that's why everything's a remix in my opinion. Like everything just is, it cannot exist as its own thing purely without any other influence. I feel like it's, it all feeds in. That's what's up. Everything is a remix. That's what's up. Everything is a remix. That's what's up. <laughs> now, when it comes to your short films, there, there are two of them that I find very fascinating. And that is Jaded and Love Me, a documentation of my heartbreak. Ooh, I love that you call that a film. <laughs> I didn't know it was a film when I made it. <laughs> What, when it came to creating, let's start with Jaded. When it came to creating Jaded, what was the central idea that you were trying to uh, encapsulate with that film? You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. when I watched it, I was thinking to myself, okay, this is very unique. And I wonder what, what was her headspace during the production of this? Mind yeah. telling me a little bit about you that? You know what's funny, Jaded? And this is like, I mean, I have stories upon stories. Jaded was supposed to be my first because I was always making stuff that felt like a music video. So when I approached Jaded, I was like, this is going to be my first linear narrative. This is me like what, like sophomore year of college. And I was like, I'm going to try to abide by the traditional rules and make something like now after the fact you've watched it, you're like, bitch, that was definitely like music. <laughs> so you're like, no, you did not do the beginning, middle, end it all. Flat. But I thought like, that's how I approached it. Cause I, you know, and your artist voice is going to come out no matter what. But I was talking to a friend at the time. And I think there is a phenomenon with like filmmakers when they're up and coming, or at least at UCLA, I noticed where like, we would want to make something that's psychological thriller a little bit, like, because that's the easiest way to gain a reaction. You can't yeah. like, I mean, it, you put colors, you saw so many gels on lights because we, I, I just wanted to make it stand out. Um, I think thematically, even though it was like maybe some, times that my head was leading with, I want to do this for effect. I also was going through like, you know, a lot of emotional stuff in, um, in college and also just questioning the dynamics of people. And also this yearning that it's hard to explain. Cause I don't think it, the jaded is about love. I mean, literally jaded, the name is about disillusionment about like putting your heart into something, but also being completely blinded and not really, I, there's a lot of feeling in that film yeah but it's all it's toxic and it's all every single character maybe wes is the most innocent but every single character so the, the two girls they both deceive each other and themselves in a way yeah. by there's a lot of deception and even the antagonist is still you know is like she manages to make herself alone in the end anyway like it, it's a lot of like intersection of people oh i also forgot to mention wong kar wai his films i love wong kar wai yes that fallen angels it's so maybe jaded was kind of i forgot if i watched fallen angels before or after but i would i remember it's a film and i'm talking about my film but also it's i guess about fallen angels too it's a film about a lot of characters who are trying to connect but end up being isolated ultimately because they aren't it's not a genuine form of self-growth and connection it's just me 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 i just want my way or i i don't know how to purge this in a non-toxic matter so i'm yeah. just gonna really let my heart go but it's ego driven you know so I hope that kind of, I forgot the original. It, it definitely, you definitely explained it like a lot. Cause when I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, okay, these are, these are characters who you, you can kind of see they have a goal, but they, they somewhat yeah. don't know what it is. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> especially sure. our age, you know what I'm saying? We're people who we have a goal, but we kind of don't know how to accomplish it you know what i'm saying yeah. especially even when you like let's say for example graduate from high school or college you're thinking to yourself okay what's next what you know where do i go from here you know mm. yeah, what is the I future hold for depression for sure i mean everyone i think has some level but and i thought i was okay too. i was like i'm an artiste i'm gonna know but 
you can't avoid it. It's also like, I was like telling myself one thing I didn't realize until it hit me, you know, and it, it's like a shock. That's why you, you, that I think when I made jaded at that time, I was just like, I identified also too, so much with like the, the, the pain of it to the point where like, I didn't realize there was a growth component, you know, sometimes. So yeah. it's nice. I, at least I, I had the film as an outlet, you know, I didn't go out trying to like do actually something violent. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think Jada is a, a really good short. Thank you so and much. I'm, I, I'm, Wes wasn't even a real character, but then the actor who was in it was like, hey, can I have like talking, a talking role? It's, it all kind of makes itself. The film creates itself. We yeah. film a gorilla style too. So See, we that's... just went somewhere, the fuck we could. We got kicked out at one of our, like one of the places, the bookstore. It's one of the most highly trafficked places in LA. And they will, if you, we pretended like we were tourists taking photos with a DSLR. We were shooting a straight up scene, but in our, they didn't catch us until the last shot. It was like serendipitous. They were like, oh, excuse me, guys, sorry, you can't film anything. And we're like, oh, sorry, we didn't know. Meanwhile, we had spent like two hours. And At we least y'all got the shot. At least y'all got it. Yeah, got the shot. I was like, whew, I didn't need to pay the permit. Um, I know, man. Guerrilla style filmmaking, I think is one of the most, like cutthroat and literally just white knuckle sides of film production because it's like not everything is planned out because i like i remember in high school with my short films we just went out and just did something like <laughs> it didn't matter like we literally yeah. went across the street to another school and it was like we weren't really? even supposed Why to go not your there. school right, just, right. Just like, we want we wanted to look at least a little different <laughs> exactly exactly i love that and now the next film we're going to talk about is Love Me, a documentation of my heartbreak. Now, of course, throughout life, we've always experienced heartbreak in any way, shape or form, whether it's a, a friend who, you know, is like moving, whether it's like, let's say, for example, your parents are getting a divorce, anything. And of course, you know, breaking up with a, a significant other. Heartbreak is something that always is going to plague our communities always going to plague the world what yeah. was the overall thematically what was the overall tone and what was the overall message that you were trying to convey in this short because i feel like especially when you hear the uh, the dialogue there's a lot of history to that to those mm -hmm. sentences so can you tell me a little bit about the influence yeah. from that i like i was just squeaked so i've been talking so much my voice just like squeaks um I don't know how aware you are of like spiritual stuff, but I think that I, around that time, I was also going through like a spiritual awakening of some sort. Some people can call it self-growth, some people can, but I think it was a really tense time because I've always been someone who's been labeled as overly emotional. And you're right, heartbreak, you can also break your own heart. You can feel like you disappoint, like when people are depressed, you they can just say, I feel heartbroken, but there is no like, immediate source I just feel heartbroken and I think around that time I was going through like a lot of family stuff a lot of friends stuff and then boy stuff and when you saw that film and the reason why I say it's funny to call it a film because I just filmed my own life experience for cathartic reasons like I said earlier and I whenever I create out of it then it helps to at least I make art out of it like at least there's I can at least see the direct kind of like the direct tie between how there's a like it's productive and it's it's helpful you know it, it felt good making it because i put under inspection this this idea that i felt all my life that oh my god i'm too much or i have this emotional kind of spectrum that goes lower than most people's lows or higher than yeah. most people and that's not to negate other people's experience but i think that even in the little tiny like day to day, I felt that man, like even me getting excited about this little thing, sometimes I feel like I talk too much. This was also before I knew I had ADHD. I really pursued my diagnosis like last fall. This makes sense. People who have ADHD have like problems with emotional regulation because you have a neuroatypical, I think someone called it something else, but for now I'm just saying, you don't have the most, you don't have a neurotypical brain. So the way you process things Sometimes an ADHD is like you are desensitized. Sometimes you lose your train of thought or hyperactive. It manifests in a lot of 
energy. And I didn't know this. I was just going through. So especially at the time when I was actually going through like a genuine heartbreak in the dating app scene, keep in mind, I was interacting with so many people and so confused because I thought before that my issue was I wasn't putting myself out there in the dating scene and maybe I just need to. And then when I did and I was still experiencing this, all these highs and lows, even though there were moments where I felt confident and then there's some moments where I didn't, I realized like this is just a part of me. And making that, I think, even though it focuses on heartbreak, I think, and a person, I think I was trying to pick me above all these things. Like in the overall message that like, I'm just going to be like this. Like it's, it's the pain. Isn't what I'm running from. I'm not trying to be like, make a video about bye-bye. This is, this is one chapter I was own. I think making it in the medium that I'm so in love with. Like I was honoring my love of editing and, and art that can't hurt me back. Like I'll, what I put in is what I get out. And also honoring the fact that I need to love myself because yeah. if you don't, you just look at so many people in your life and no matter what they do to you, you'll still find a way for it to attack you. If they, you know, if they love you too much sometimes or they do too much, you're like, I don't deserve this. Or if they like, if they hurt you, then you're like, this always happens to me. It's like you perpetuate this narrative. So I was trying to break my actual life narrative with that documentation of showing actually how I view it. Because in my head, that's kind of how emotions feel to me. That's what my films are or my work is. It's how I actually process everything. So I think putting it into this like thing that people could see, they got it. Like they were, and that's why I think I like music videos too. There's something about that visceral mix of visuals and audio and words that you can't just go around like, you know, every day in everyday life reciting poetry to people. You could, but, but I it think would be, it would be kind of weird. It'd be exhausting. Yeah. People would understand what you're saying to me. Like if somebody just walked up to you and just started spitting Shakespeare, it's like, what's wrong with this or dude? Or you might, you might just stand there and listen yeah. and just be like, it's it's a 50 50 so i think like, a video is easier watching love me i definitely it definitely hit home to my personal story as well because throughout my life i've sort of been this type of person to where my emotions usually kind of i don't want to say got the best of me but they i've i'm a very hyper emotional person too like Are you a water sign yeah i'm a scorpio bingo i read tarot too by the way i'm a pisces witch okay water science scorpios have stubborn emotion and it's not yeah it's just written in the stars but they are known to be angsty and not because i'm trying to like categorize and stuff but there is this hap like i've met enough scorpios it's not your fault it's just it and and i don't like when people one of the things and then i'm gonna kind of jump back onto my thing i don't like to be judged based on the day I was born, like I was born on October 25th, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people automatically think, oh, Scorpios, you the, y'all the mean, moody no, 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 type no. of people. It comes from like- this inability. It's okay here. I know this is going a little off track. Scorpios are the fixed water sign, Yeah, which means, so there's like three of each element. So Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces for the water signs. Cancers mm-hmm. are the cardinal, means they have the most innocent, kind of like way of expressing emotion meanwhile scorpios are like fixed in their emotion they can't like help that yeah unless you know nurture help help like if you go through a lot of severe life experience then it kind of tames you and then pisces are mutable which means they can sometimes take a back seat so it's it's that's i i don't judge people on astrology at all like and i totally understand that because i've also felt like people are like boohoo pisces you cry all the time yeah for me i'm just like no i've just been primed to kind of like attract these situations right like i've been (laughs) primed i've been primed to kind of have this like aggressive like a lot of people will say the scorpion sting right because you know when a scorpion gets mad it stings you you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. It's like me personally, I'm not that person. Like, yeah, I was born on October 25th, but I'm not this, just, just, you know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. rage filled monster. Now, before I, you know, brought up that I was a Scorpio, throughout my life, I've always had this very impulsive sense of myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there was something that I didn't like, I automatically just was like, yo, I don't mess with this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
watching Love Me, it made me feel like, because, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people put other people above themselves. Mm, and yes. in order for you to, because for let's be real, if you don't love yourself, who will? Who will in life? You know, I mean, you know, a lot of people That's will say, yeah. a lot of people will say, you know, uh, oh, maybe a girlfriend that you meet or a boyfriend you meet, but you have to love yourself. You have to have that confidence in you yeah. in order to like, thrive. If, 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 if it's impossible for a person, like they're like, how the fuck am I gonna give myself all this? Then how do you expect someone else to give you? Cause like that person, if you can't conceive of an individual, like giving themselves all their love first and then being able to give the others, then that's weird that, cause that's how a lot of broken people kind of end up together. I'm not saying broken as in unreparable. Cause the thing, the thing about life is it's all cyclical. We go through cycles. There's always Absolutely. many ends and many beginnings, but yes you're right you need to have that strong base and i'm i i think it's i'm still a learning process i didn't just make that i'm just like yeah i'm better but it, it was an acknowledgement of the fact too i think at the time like it, i think there was a lot of fantasy in it because like in reality i wasn't ready to be in an, an, an actual relationship but now i'm looking back like my the way i reacted to the heartbreak was so it felt so kind of like like my life is over and I just, I didn't like it, but I felt it. So I'm glad that I've grown from it since and I'm still growing. Yeah, exactly. And I'm still growing too. Everyone is growing. This life is a learning process. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you don't just get 20, turn 20 and be like, all right, you got everything figured out. Cause like, no, you don't. Like I'm 20, about to be 21 this year. I still don't have it figured out. You, you know? seem older to 21. I'm 25. I was born. You compose yourself older. <laughs> I was born in uh, 2000. And like, it's, yeah. it's weird. Because like, people be thinking, wait a minute, you're the youngest in your family? Like, yeah, I am. Like, That's amazing. I, I know. The, I know the facial hair is like, it shows. It like, okay, I know gra- like, guys sometimes grow out hair too, in terms of like, I've had some guy friends be like, I look older <laughs> because <laughs> I grow up. That's why I grow out the hair. Yeah. Um, now let me let me think. When it comes to you know creating a project, when it comes to you know you're the one who's tasked to let's say direct it or edit it or all that, what's mm-hmm. the main goal that you try to accomplish when it comes to each short? You know, what was the main yeah. goal that you were trying to accomplish with Jaded and Love Me? You know, when it came to telling your story, I think the role is less important to me in terms of goal because it it is a common goal throughout i think i want to do my best to service the story it almost feels like it's weird because i used to all i used to like the way i viewed my works back in college when like imposter syndrome was like very very adamant in my head um a lot of creatives have that where it's like a dissociation with your work in a way where you're like i know it's good but it's its own thing. It's it's it it like it's its own living, breathing thing. It's not me anymore. I just I was the like I was just the messenger. Um, now I don't you know I I didn't tell people that too like too much. But I think my goal still when creating it's like I view it as my baby. There's there's a famous like saying in screen screenwriting where it's like kill your baby. That sounds very like like infanticide. No, that's not. It's about we as artists, if you're not an artist, I mean, it's just hard to understand kind of the attachment that someone has to their project. So first of all, I only work on stuff I really believe in, like whether it be the cause of it, like I do like also like, you know, nonprofit stuff and that like I if if there is like, it's not, it's like, it's nonfiction type of work, but it has a direct like thing that I can see the impact and purpose. I've been really, especially this year and the past year called to that. But also when I was doing my own stuff and like the more music video-esque or a more um, fantasy type of thing, I would still be like, I hope when people watch it, my ultimate goal is that they have this emotional experience, whether it be to laugh or to cry or to just at least be entertained. And especially this day and age audience, the audience is so desensitized often that like the goal isn't like oh what can make what can look the most professional because then it's that's not it anymore like anyone can do that so it it is sometimes about like how do we connect 
to the person on the other end. And in my role, whether it be producer, okay, I have to find like the best venues or the best people to fit into roles. Director, obviously, then you want to make sure you elicit the best reaction. And then as editor, I get the like, you know, in post, you're really sitting down and you're constructing the final product. What you create at the end is what people are going to see. So you just end up watching it over and over, hoping that like, if I don't get bored of it, they won't, you know? Yeah. So. And it's like you're taking it in, you know what I'm saying? This is the product that many people have worked on. And now this is, it's your job to give it the final touch, you know? Yes. Which is important. Yeah. yeah. Now, and when it comes to, in this day and age, right? A lot of, you know, with the rise of, let's just say, you know, YouTube, Vimeo and all that. Back in the day, a lot of people went to film school. You know what I'm saying? I I mean, I can remember when I was in ninth grade, I wanted to go to Full Sail University. And then I found out what USC was and then wanted to apply there, wanted to apply to NYU, LMU, Chapman, SCAD. Mm -hmm. I actually got into mm -hmm. that and couldn't afford it. So I was broke as hell. Like, Chapman? No, I actually got into SCAD and I got oh. accepted. I couldn't go because... I ain't had no money. I was broke as hell, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. <laughs> what were, what are your, personally, you know, coming from somebody who's graduated, what were your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on film school? You don't need film school. That's my thought. Because here's the thing. I am so grateful for my own experience, but I spent most of my time at UCLA as an econ major. Like, let's not forget. <laughs> and then I got lucky. And then I think it really... Cause I, I was very fortunate and you can't replicate this experience because life is just life and people are just different, but I was fortunate UCLA, first of all, their undergrad program is only 30 people per class, which is different. Mm -hmm. I was actually trying to apply to USC, didn't get into it. Like when I was getting out of, um, high school, I was applying to USC film, didn't get in. I got into NYU film. I can resonate with you because I was just like out of state, no scholarships. I was like, damn, like, and luckily I live in LA. So UCLA, at least I got like scholarships and all. It just made sense. And it wasn't that enticing doing econ, but I knew I could transfer. So there was like, I liked the open-ended nature of it. But even when I was in econ, I um, I was just like still thinking like, man, do I really? Because the, the way they portrayed it, especially at UCLA, and I will go back to what I was trying to say, but the way they were portraying, they're like, there's only so many spots, like don't put all your cards in this because you're going to apply. You you do your GEs first and then you apply. Yeah. But they were just like, make sure you're doing GEs for another major too. Because <laughs> like, there's only how many spots. If like a, a, a few hundred of you want to come in, like there's just, we cannot promise that. So it was also this thing of, I always in my head too, was like, we know there's a stigma where even if you go to film school, that doesn't guarantee success. And then now it's like, even if I want to be in this film program, there isn't guarantee of success in there. Like the chances right. are so minute and just, you know, things worked out for me. And I never, and I think though, there was this like relinquishing of expectations. There was a point where I didn't think that film school was my route. And then I got accepted at the least like, the moment I least expected and the value though that came from being in a film program because it's not like once you get accepted it's like oh my god hallelujah the gates are open baby no it's, <laughs> you you end up being there and you realize like film programs and I've talked to other film students like film programs are created so that it's really what you put in that you get out and it's great because I was very socially anxious at that point and it, it helped to expose me to things that I normally was just like had so many reservations about seeking out in real life because my social anxiety was so high. So it yeah. put me in an incubated space with fellow creatives and you would be, you wouldn't like, usually productions are hitted and quitted in a sense where like you meet people and then you guys move on. But this was like, you are growing up with these film students. And the reason why I said I'm lucky is because I'm still really close with all of them. And it's been like three years since we graduated and we are like a family. It's that's not the case for every kind of dynamic, like any kind of class of students, they'll have different personalities. Um, but the value really came from my peers and the professors, I think that, um, I think the thing too is just that every film program is constantly evolving and technology is constantly like, it's, I don't know. I think that people could definitely, well, I do know people could definitely also gain the same experience I did outside because I learned how to edit on my own. 
it, the, the sad thing though, is just that like having UCLA on your, you know, thing probably makes you more legitimate, but in reality, I've seen talent and I've seen people go to so many places without ever being in film school. I've seen people who were in like wanting to be a lawyer decide, no, I want to do like DPAC work. And they yeah. are just as good, if not even better than some film students who, you know, cause I think also in film school, sometimes people who get in, they, there's a, they're like, oh, wow, I'm in here to have fun. But if you don't actually also put the work into your art, then when you get out, no one's going to hold your hand. Like, it's just, you know, sure. It's easy A's because it's so subjective, but yeah, <laughs> the best, the best students are the ones who, or the best way to take advantage of a film program. I don't want to say best students or whatever. I think that like, for me, having gone through econ made me realize how bad I want it to the point where when I got in the film program, I did not want to waste a second because I already experienced the adverse of thinking I was going to fucking be behind a computer screen working on like, not editing, but working on like spreadsheets. I was just like, that scared yeah. the shit out of me to the point where I was like, once I'm in the film program, I'm going to make the most because this is a yeah. luxury. Even if it's a struggle, it's a luxury because cho I'm choosing this struggle. So yeah. it's not a all express ticket, but I think if you view it, if you enter into any film experience with the right mindset of enjoying the journey and not just expecting the destination, then you will get the satisfaction. Yeah. You know, and you have to you have to put in the passion for it because, mm -hmm. you know, when when many people, you know, ask, you know, they tell their family members, hey, I want to be a filmmaker or hey, I want to be an artist. A lot of people are going to be like, eh, you're going to be a starving artist. Everybody, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not a real job. TV, baby. <laughs> yeah, like you, you have to put that work in and, you know, life isn't easy. Why? Why does everyone want to live the the easy way out? You know, why does everyone want to be comfortable? <laughs> exactly. Vanilla. That's forget being comfortable. I'm trying to make something happen. I'm trying to do something different, you know? Yeah, I totally feel that. So in other words, kids don't go to film school um, or, or do like if or that's do, really yeah. what you want to do. Because the thing I just don't like is just I know that like there's a lot of like barriers to entry. I don't like to think that like just because you don't have the money or just because you don't like who like Joaquin Phoenix, like he was scouted on the streets, you know, and like it was just it's like you I know that those seem like one in a million, but if if you do believe in something, at least try it before before you're just don't use it. Oh, because I can't get in film school. Forget it. You know, that, right. that, I don't like that. And I know that me going to film school, it's just like at least I can give that inside of like you don't need it. You can gain the same experience. It might be a little harder to have that consolidation of resources, but it's out there. I've had mm -hmm. enough experience outside of film school to also know that there are opportunities out there. Yeah. yeah. And now our final topic that we're going to talk about, and this is somewhat kind of a melding of everything that's been going on in the world for the past few years, you know, mm -hmm. and of course, a lot of the best art exists from these tragic events that has been happening. So Sabrina, I want to ask you, what were your thoughts on these current events that have been happening from, you know, let's say, uh, everything that was going on in 2020 with the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, everything that's going on now with the Stop Asian Hate, which mm -hmm. I, it definitely breaks my heart because it's like, damn, it's like we have it bad. You know what I'm saying? What are your thoughts on those events and how they kind of mesh in together? Yeah, you, I think it's okay. I, I think I'm going to start with an antidote and then move into it because, like, the thing about like the filmmaking industry, why it boomed a lot back in like the 20s, 30s, the Great Depression, anytime there had been a huge kind of like catastrophic hit to like society of some variety, whether it be like, you know, economic or actually like people's health or stuff, people always turn to art as an escape because art often is an allegory of what is happening but it delivers it in a way something like comedy is so important because it actually helps to get people need to not be just so like submerged in tragedy and we i think that probably happened too around like 9 11 and that kind of stuff and then like now it's just like it's not even a, a specific you know 
it's like everyone but like specifically here in the u.s it is like the black lives matter too and then now the like stopping the asian hate and all that and to be honest when it first hit like when COVID first hit i didn't really realize the gravity of it i actually got laid off from a job i just started and i had a lot of friends like a lot of the up-and-coming creatives the first thing that actually hit us was that we all lost our jobs because we were like the most dispensable and like it it uh, that was the first shock and then the second shock was just like me I like being straight up in LA and you know there were a lot of you know marches and all that stuff but I think one thing I had to do before I could even like think about the art I had to just like take a step back I was also like becoming severely depressed around that time and I realized like I need to educate myself first and foremost we were talking about consuming and creating I realized I didn't know how severe the situation was because I think in LA especially and I grew up in an Asian American community there wasn't a lot of attention on like the, it was just mainly Asian and then some like Hispanic people and that but there we because we were I was in a more homogenous community growing up I didn't really get educated on the way that I wish I had I mean and not no one can control how they grow they get brought up but then in during the summer I started watching the documentaries and just listening I felt and a lot of people felt guilty for not like posting all over their social media I just went off social media because I was like I'm not gonna be performative and pretend like like I wanted to understand like I just wanted to really really understand beyond just like do this do this because I wanted to educate and like it made me mad too at a certain point because around that time too, I was watching like other stuff, like everything, it was a resurgence of not resurgence, just a surgence of like, also like trans people and like trans, like I was watching everything. And it just made me realize like, wow. Like that's when too, my, my attention went on. I want to make stuff that matters because there's, there's just so much. And it made me mad and angry too. And I just also realized my own ignorance in the past. Not that I think that's the thing too. That's hard. Everyone's like, I didn't do anything wrong. But then also I was thinking like, I didn't know about this stuff. I didn't know how much the pain, the, the, how deep it ran and like about what's the thing about like, um, generational pain too. And just like, I yeah. didn't know the privilege, Generational's like, even though, you know, I am considered a minority, I'm considered the model minority. And I didn't even, I mean, I've heard of, you know, the fact that it's like a construct used to pit minorities against specifically for the Asian community, to pit them against the black community. And that didn't really sink in until I was just like, oh my God, I see many examples of my community being, you know, we're all minorities like, and I, but I still see that it's distracting. Like the model minority thing is like used to distract like the Asian community sometimes from focusing on like what the actual, like suppression where it comes from and it's more about like it's easy to distract people with like little things like here and it's just it's this thing of like I think when it ties back into filmmaking and I'll get into the Asian like the Asian hate crimes too but it's all about I think I'm not gonna necessarily because I know there's like phenomenal documentary filmmakers out there I don't think like necessarily I have to be that but in a way I do want my work to be emblematic of like, I want people to watch it and not be like, oh, it's a great Asian film. Ooh, it's like, I just want them to watch it and resonate with the characters and just be like, oh, that person, that character just happened to be this or that person just happened to be that. But I don't like that it's like the identifier, like, oh, this is just a black film. This is just an Asian film. And then yeah. we're gonna judge it again. I didn't realize how embedded I was into like Eurocentric ideals and the patriarchal ideals until, like until a lot of these learning moments where everyone it was like sit down and learn first before you become you know like before you speak out and I think it also along with the whole self-love thing taught me I need to make sure I'm a, if I want to speak up for people you just make sure you're the base too and you know mental health stuff mm -hmm. and then now that even like the stop Asian crimes like I was I was like um on a stream on Twitch just talking to like some viewers, you know, they're like anonymous and stuff. And I was just talking about it. Like, I really feel like it's, it's, I cannot express how it feels when you see videos of someone who could be your mom or your, 
or your aunt or something because there's a lot of women being targeted i was like it's just like like it's so upsetting but it's also there it, that's not even the proper word for it it's just like why i don't understand and then that person was bringing in a lot of like era like he was just starting to be like that's not the most that's not the most big that's not the biggest issue in the world right now statistically like he was reducing it to statistics and how like yeah hate crimes exist but racism isn't the biggest problem in this world and i was like telling him like yo i'm not trying to have a political debate right now i'm literally just talking about what's affecting me and my community and my people and then yeah. that's i think the the thing is amidst all this tragedy i'm like once again i do have privilege because i didn't like i now recognize like me growing up i didn't have to keep proving that to people but now i'm experiencing moments because i'm interacting with people way beyond just my little bubble and i'm realizing that like some people just they don't care about like the emotion or what you say they just want to be right and and i think that art has a chance to because art isn't like demanding it's not trying to be like yo this is what's it this is an informational video no but art can seep through a lot subconsciously into someone where they're watching a story and it could be an allegory that's why sci-fi existed right an allegory about like the cold war the aliens yeah it doesn't have to be literally about like placing asian people white people but it's just if you tell the story and then show the bias and the privilege and the and the hate in different ways it, it, it allows for more access. And the thing is that art proliferates, like it's not just, just because I make it here, it necessitates, it's, it's funny because in film school, we were asked like, do you feel success? Do you feel fulfillment when you finish the create the, the film or when the audience sees it? And, mm -hmm. you know, I think there is a level where you just feel proud and no matter how many people see it. But I think the fact of the matter is that film is a medium that necessitates an audience. That's why you yeah. make it, you know? And I'd like to think that whatever I make, impacts the audience, whether it be just to plant a seed, like the moment I had like earlier where I was like, I need to learn, or if it just helps them to get some of it, you know? Yeah. So I think it could be cathartic, but it can also be educational without having to be a literal like Bill Nye the science guy, which I love, but it doesn't mean to be yeah. literal like, we're gonna sit down and learn how to do- Science <laughs> rules. <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> i heard it was controversial too. i just never know about there's just so much there's so, so much stuff. that's like being purged but well whatever i another yeah. conversation <laughs> but yeah i just it's definitely interesting when you're talking about you know how film is a medium that and you know it's a medium that inspires a generation and mm -hmm. you know having this conversation with you today it, it shows that film is definitely one of those memes that has inspired these two artists, you know, me and you, you know, mm. we're, we're two people. We're connecting from, because of it. Right. We're, we're two strangers, people. but exactly. now we're friends. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like we're two people from different backgrounds, but this one medium brought us together and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that wraps up our interview. Thank oh you, Sabrina, God. for, Thank you. Thank you. This is God, I think I'm stuttering. Thank you, Sabrina, for just coming on and, and telling us your story. Tell me your story, man. Thank you so much. I really like this was I'm glad like this was my first interview experience, I guess. And you're saying this is your first. Interview. Yeah, this is my first interview. Wow. Well, I think we did great if I do say so myself. Awesome. Let's do a virtual high five. Wow. <laughs> All great. right, you guys. Thank y'all for watching the 1025 In Conversation. I was about to say 1025 Podcast, 1025 In Conversation. I'm Jordan Keith Walton, and I'll see you next time. Peace.